What does it take to win even more sales? Learn how to intentionally grow your business the classy way. You're listening to America's number one sales coach, Tamara Bunty. Here is today's conversation. Welcome to the podcast. So excited to have Steve Benson with us today. And Steve, I'm just going to jump in and let you kind of introduce yourself. Tell us what you do. Tell us what people can buy because my people like to buy stuff and you've got cool stuff. So uh, I hand it over to you. Awesome. Well, it's fantastic to be here. Um, I'm Steve Benson and I'm the CEO of Badger Maps. Um, Badger helps field salespeople organize their time in the field and uh, build routes and schedules and kind of figure out which customers to focus on based on where they're going to be out in the field. Um, yeah, that's, um, so I'm, I'm from Chicago originally, and now I live in Los Angeles. Nice, nice. Awesome. So today we're going to jump in. This is all about actions sales managers need to take in challenging economic times. So with that being said, what would you say are the new challenges sale, you know, a sales leader needs to overcome in a bad economy that they might not have been thinking about before? Because it's a weird economy too. It's like, I just learned that our friend was telling me about rental cars are so expensive, like $700 a day, because when COVID hit, um, you know, I didn't even think about it, but a rental car company, they sold their fleet because nobody was traveling anywhere. Right. So now people are renting like U-Hauls, I guess, just to get around when they travel because it's cheaper. But it's just super weird. So like some businesses are thriving, some aren't. But when we look at like salespeople and, you know, um, challenging getting out in the field and whatnot, what would you say? What do the sales leaders need to be doing um, in this in this area? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, it is very industry by industry. Right. So different industries have experienced this very differently. And we've we have customers that are in essential businesses that really hardly shut down. They did for a little while, but then because they're essential, they kept going. Like people that sell, sell uh, pharmaceuticals or med devices, things like that. And then we have other customers that sell things like beer to bars or um, exercise equipment to to gyms, and and they've been they've been shut down this whole time and are still shut down and, and, and hopefully are just getting to open up right now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it really is a, it, it, in a bad economy or a weird economy, you know, you've got to look at different things and, and you have different risks than you do in a good economy. Um, I think the first thing to think about is what are my competitors going to do right now? Because when your competitors are desperate, um, you can have challenges with them doing desperate things. So, you know, if they're, they, 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 that they wouldn't have done in a normal economy or certainly a good economy. So things like deeply discounting or liquidating their inventory to just to make ends meet or get it off the, get it off the lot. Right. Um, giving, maybe they're giving away free consulting because they've got, you know, a bunch of people on the bench anyway. And so they're, they're, they're able to, to put more resources towards things like that, but they're, they're going to do whatever they can to steal your customers away from you, even if it's a lower margin, um, because, you know, because times are tough. Right. And, uh, and I guess the other thing to really sit down and think about is 
how is this affecting where are my prospects and customers at? So you may meet a ton of resistance from them towards doing business with you that you, that you didn't have before. They might not want to engage with you. They might not be able to meet with you in person. And, and, and you know, you kind of needed to meet with them in person to get the deal done, to show them something or, or to communicate something really well. Um, but, uh, but, you know, there, there's, there's also res just resistance to spending money, right? So just, just pe you know, if time, when times are tight, people don't spend money, right? So you can run into spending freezes coming into play from the very top of an organization, right? Um, procurement offices can take a different stance, right? So they, they can be super aggressive and, you know, their, their job is to, is to get a better deal for their company, right? So they may leverage that down economy to get discounts, to get uh, terms that are uh, unfavorable to you and, and just lots of things that are, that are put in place to jam down your margins. Um, so what would you say salespeople need to do or how do they adapt when they have to, typically they sell in person or they might have a product they need to show, um, but now they're on Zoom, you know, what, uh, <laughs> what would you say are some right. solutions for a salesperson? Well, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, we have, we, we have seen field salespeople massively affected and, and, and a lot of things basically there's a reason they're being sold in field sales and not sold out of retail or sold out of over the internet or, or over the phone, right? And, um, you know, if, if you're in field sales, I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't consider a career change just yet. I think that uh, the things, things are for sure opening back up again and, or, and to a large degree have opened back up. But yeah, I mean, it, it, during the worst of COVID, we saw you know, probably 40% of our customers, 50% of our customers not able to get out into the field at all. And so, and, and it was kind of, people fell into two buckets, right? The essential or the, the non-essential workers. Um, and it can be really hard to replicate the connection that, that you make with a customer in, in person, um, if you're on Zoom or you're over the phone, um, you know, I love Zoom, but it can be clunky, it can be awkward, and it just, it doesn't give the, uh, the opportunity to connect and really understand your customers' problems that you necessarily have in person. And I think that's because people thrive off of social interaction, and, and you, there's, this, there's this human need to, to connect and, and before you create a, a real long-term relationship, I think. So what kind of coaching do you think sales reps need the most right now? with the economy being down? Well, um, I think it does change. And I think that, that the economy being where it's at changes how you want to approach coaching. And, and, I, and I think coaching and up-leveling is probably more important now than really it ever is, right? Um, the, the, uh, in this economy, we're in this adjustment phase. And, and I, I think to help your team make that, make that jump and, and, and make that adjustment, Sales managers should probably be spending half their time coaching their team. So could be more pre-call strategizing, could be post-call debriefing, could be doing joint calls with them, um, coaching them anything through coaching them through a specific opportunity and working a deal together. Um, any any of that anything like that counts towards that 50% rule of thumb. Yeah. Um, 
I guess, in terms of what needs to be coached specifically, and, and this probably depends on the team and the industry, but um, I mean, I guess for one, how to defend your, your margins and negotiation and selling value are things that, that every team could probably freshen up on right now. Um, I, I think uh, another area that, that, that is really could probably use some polishing up or everyone could do better at is building pipeline better, right? We, we often need to relearn to prospect and rethink who we're selling to when we're in a bad economy. Because sometimes the best buyer for our specific product or service has, has shifted a little bit or, or sometimes maybe even a whole lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think that the good news about that is that we're seeing people pick up the phone these days in ways that I, I haven't seen in my, in my entire career. I think people are willing to engage and, um, and they have the time to evaluate new, new vendors and, they, and they're often motivated to, to evaluate those new vendors because they have very real problems to solve. Now, have you written a book? I have not written a book, no. Okay. okay. Are you going to write one? <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be good. <laughs> uh, maybe at some point. I, I, uh, that, that seems like quite an endeavor, but. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is. It, it, it's, you know, it's one of these things where I'd, I'd like to, but it's, uh, it's, it's hard to actually buckle down and do it. Yeah. So what are maybe some books or resources you'd recommend for the outside sales reps? Um, well, uh, that's a good question. I, I think, um, I would definitely recommend that salespeople, uh, take a look at Joanne Black's work. She's written three books on, on, uh, on strategies and, and you, you wrote a book, didn't you? Yep. Yep. Proverbs for selling. Mm-hmm. Proverbs for selling. Very cool. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think one of my favorite books is Impossible to Inevitable. That's more fo- software focused. Um, Predictable Revenue is kind of the precursor to that one. I, uh, I, re- I really like both of those um, in terms of helping people understand uh, uh, kind of the more the, it's less sales, stra- sales skills and it's more sales strategy, how to, how to structure a team, how to think about breaking apart your team into different groups, different roles. Um, but I guess th- those, those four are all, are, those four books are all things I keep around it uh, to check out every now and again. Yeah, well, I really like your product because, you know, I work with salespeople. I sit down with them, we make phone calls together. Sometimes I'll go on rides with them because that's kind of where the meat is, you know, telling people what to do really doesn't work anymore. So. Uh, but it's amazing how people become professional visitors. <laughs> they don't really have a plan. And mm-hmm. they show up or they make a semi-appointment um, when really they're two, driving two hours and then they don't meet with them and that type of thing. So I like how yours is like, no, let's have a strategy and let's, let's utilize our time effectively. But what do you think, what trends do you think will happen once you know, there's a post COVID, are we going to go back to normal? Or do you think that things are going to stay more virtual? I mean, I see a lot of companies not renewing commercial space, because they're saving hundreds of 1000s of dollars. So what do you think? Is it going to go back? Or what's it going to be like? Yeah, I, I, I think that most companies will reopen their offices. And it, and it does kind of depend on on industry. But for the most part, commercial space is expensive. 
Um, but it's not nearly as expensive as having your employees lose 20, 40% of their efficiency. Um, and you, you, I guess you, you do gain something by not having people drive, like commute to the office, especially in, in, in areas that have really bad commutes um, and people culturally live far away. Like the Bay Area is a good example of this. And there are certain roles that I think are easier to do from home. It's like engineering is a classic example. Like uh, that's a job that that feels a lot easier to do from home than than some jobs because there's just less collaboration. It's more like just you and the computer. A lot of the times you need you need those standups. You need some time where you're like innovating and collaborating with others in a room. But that's probably not every day. Whereas other jobs, it's like, you know, you really, you just, you're really kind of hamstrung if you're not with people. So I think if, you know, it, it really, if you're a computer software firm, you know, and you're, do you, need, do you need to bring your engineers back into the office? Maybe not, but for a lot of things you really just do, or, or you lose a lot of efficiency. I think early in the, if you read the media early in the, you know, like last summer or early in the whole COVID time, I think a lot of people were, were, were saying, oh, we're never going back to the office. And, and, uh, but most CEOs or managers that, that you hear talk about it now are like, no, no, we're going back for sure. <laughs> and so I think, and, and, and that's because of the data that's come out about it and, and, uh, and the, the loss of efficiency that we've experienced from, from not being in an office setting and the loss of innovation and the loss of collaboration. Um, so yeah, I mean, in terms of trends in field sales, I think that you know whether people are at home or or um, or whether they're in the office, field sales goes goes on just because you need that that uh, that connection with customers. And, and there are a lot of things you kind of have to to see in person. And and when you ask which things, well, generally it's the things that were already being sold to field sales are the ones that you are best to fel- sell with field sales. If you, the internet's e-commerce has been here for a long time, and um, there are a bunch of things that. If if something was better to sell over retail, it was already being sold sold in retail, like a purse or something that you want to touch, and or shoes that you want to try on. If something was was being sold over the phone, like you know, an inexpensive piece of software that doesn't really justify you know flying someone around or driving someone around, then um, then that, it was already being sold that way. If something was best, if if you could just drop something on on the internet and sell it that way, why would you, why why do it any other way, right? If it's more of like that commoditized item that you can really understand that you know over the just by just by playing with it over the internet, whereas you don't have to be you know if the, if something was already being sold with uh, with field sales, there's probably a reason that that was the best way to go to market for it. So if you if you if you want to figure out what's going to be sold with with field sales in the future, I, I'd say the best thing to do is look at what was being sold with field sales in the past, and that's really played out in our data. And I can see the data for you know, 5,000 companies or so that, that go to market with field salespeople. And, um, and we've seen about a, I guess at this point, probably a 20% decline in companies that are doing it a lot that stopped and then have come back to it. Like they furloughed their teams or whatever. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think we've really seen a major shift, uh, in, in any direction like towards or away from field sales. So I, I think, uh, some companies were able to like switch to e-commerce or something, but in the long term, if, if, if field sales was the best way to, for them to do it, then they'll shift back or else their competitors will eat their, eat their lunch, really. Yeah. 
So who is your ideal client now? I mean, who buys from you? Um, well, yeah, the same people who always did. And, and, you know, there are just a lot of the, the decline that we've seen. It's, it's usually not because that company was able to make a transition. It's usually because that, that company just put on a business or, or has just like, you know, shut everything down to the, you know, and, and we'll, and we'll open it back up or is opening it back up um, once as the economy opens up and, you know, it's, the most common industries we see field salespeople in are, are complex industries where the relationship matters, complex sales cycles where the relationship matters, and there's a decision to be made. You have to maybe a situation where you have to under, really understand the, the 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 customer's business before you before a sale is made, um, or before the value is the value of your product is easily determined. Um, so things like medical device, pharmaceutical, um, you know, because how, how, how do you get in front of a dentist to explain to them this new tool or a doctor to explain this new, new, new capability if, if uh, you can't just drop them an email, you can't just drop them a phone call. It's, it's, all, it's, it's the relationship that gets their attention. They're, you know, they're, they're busy professionals. So um, I think those are, those are the places that we're really seeing that we, we probably see the most the most business. So it's, it's those complex industries, like where decisions, complex decisions need to be made and it's almost more consultative. Yeah, yeah. So how did you develop this, get into this? Like, um, well, I was, I was at, uh, you mean Badger Maps or? Yeah. Um, so I was at Google and I was working on mobile and mapping and, um, and I guess, uh, and I had been a field salesperson in the past. That's what my career was in. And so I understood the problems that field salespeople face as they go and try to meet with five or 15 people in a day and, and do business with them. Um, you know, to a large degree, it was a, a fundamental, they had some fundamental geography problems. And, um, and so, I, and I understood those, those problems really well because I had experienced them. Right. So there's just it, it, with, a, with a, with a, with a plan and with a tool, then you can kind of figure things out a lot better and make better decisions. And, and, uh, and I, so I could kind of envision, well, what if we could take a, a territory and put all the customers on a map? What problems would that solve? You know, how would we, be, could, what if we could build a route on that and, and like connect that with a schedule? So we kind of fuse all the information in the CRM because we just connect into the CRM, right? To enable, you know, the CRM with, with those capabilities. So connecting with the CRM and leveraging all the information we know about our customers and then bringing that into a map-based environment where then you can build a route that makes sense for the week and kind of figure out where to go when, who needs to be focused on and figure out how that translates into a schedule. And so it's kind of combining a map with a scheduling tool with your CRM and, uh, and, and I, so I, and, and there are a ton of problems that solves for field salespeople. And because I understood those problems and, and understood from my time at Google, a lot of the tools that you'd use to solve those problems with mobility and mapping and cloud computing, um, I was able to fuse, fuse those two worlds. And, and that's why I started Badger Maps. Nice, nice. Well, I'm thinking of some people that could use Badger Maps <laughs> that I've gone in and done some work with it 
in and of itself. <laughs> you know, salespeople, and then they have to go back to someone's place and they're driving across town. It doesn't make sense how they schedule um, and they're territory driven or zip code driven and whatnot. So that's mm -hmm. pass their info over to you <laughs> uh, for that, for sure. So how can people get in touch with you? They just go to badgermaps.com. What's the best way to engage? Yeah, the... Uh... The, the best place if they go to um, www.badgermaps or badgermapping.com forward slash podcasts, there's a, there's a landing page there for, for people that have, have heard me, heard of me on a podcast or something. Some, and, uh, and, uh, and there's like, there's like a special deal there. You get, you get uh, two months free of Badger uh, just to try it out make sure it works for you. Um, so that's probably the best place to learn about Badger. So badgermapping.com forward slash podcasts. And that's plural, podcasts, plural. If you, if you just say podcast, then you end up on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, awesome. So do you but, have any... Uh... But, uh... Oh, are you still there? Oh, you went out for a second. Sorry, what was that? Oh, there you, go. Oh, there you are. You, you cut out for a second. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I'm here. Okay, perfect. Okay, good. So uh, badgermapping.com. Do you have any other last words of advice or wisdom for the field sales reps on here? And managers? You know, it's, it's uh, I guess uh, it's a challenge. These are challenging times. And but uh, I do think that they're, we're getting through them at this point. And, uh, and, and we just got to keep our nose to the grindstones and, and run through the finish line here. All right, awesome. All right. Well, thanks, everybody for jumping on and listening to our podcast today and we look forward to seeing you again soon to book tamra for your next sales event and increase sales now call 704-247-8333 704-247-8333 or catch us online at tamrabunty.com thanks for listening to america's number one sales coach tamra bunty